Hello everyone, Angela Peart here and welcome to the Women's Utilities Network One for All podcast, our corner of the world where we will be talking all things utilities, careers and everything in between, equipping you with the knowledge and skills you need to build a long and lasting career. Enjoy! Welcome to the latest edition of the One for All podcast. I'm Hayley Monks. I'm one of the founders of the Women's Utility Network, and I'm joined today by Shelley Copsey from Field. Hi, Shelley. Hi, Hayley. Thanks for having me today. It's great to have this opportunity to chat with you. And I thought it was great to kick us off by asking you, tell us a bit about you, what you're doing today, give us you know, sort of flavour of you and your background. Yeah, I guess a, a brief intro to me. I'm obviously Australian, as you'll hear from my voice, but currently in the UK, and I've been here for about three years. Um, I came here a couple of years back to lead a technology startup in in the geospatial space, but I've since moved on to to lead Field. And Field really looks at um, worker safety in the utility industry and all of the people in their supply chains. And it's um, focused on artificial intelligence and how we can begin to use emerging technologies such as that to really get a step change in the the safety and productivity of outcomes um, for workers in that field. It sounds absolutely fascinating. How how exactly does it work? I mean, I did look at it a little bit online and could see that actually using digital devices, but how does it it all sort of come together? Can you give us a bit of a synopsis? Yeah, so from the beginning, we spent a lot of time out in the field with field workers, just trying to understand how their days unfold and really like what are some of the barriers to them staying safe on site and, and to being productive right we often hear utility companies say we need our workforces to be more productive but we didn't necessarily see that they understood deeply what they were putting in place for their workers that was actually stopping efficiency um so when when we did that we just began to see that there was a really big hole in some of the data that was being collected about what was going on in the field we, we weren't seeing much by way of emerging technology that would take that data and help companies understand and drive safety and efficiency. Um, at the same time, though, you know, when you get out in the field and you talk to people, you realise that you need to give them things that seamlessly fit into their days. One of the things that, that's always stopped um, transformation to my mind is that we keep imposing new things on people versus just making their lives easier. So field is deployed onto a, a mobile phone. You know, everybody's familiar with this. It doesn't matter if you find someone in their, you know, late 60s, they're filming their grandchildren. If you've got, you know, a younger member of their workforce in their 20s, they've grown up with phones. All that we ask them to do on site is to pull out their mobile phone, you know, walk around the site, take a video, talk into it, and just capture information about what's happening. There's a lot of tech that sits behind that, but the field worker doesn't need to see that. Our our absolute focus is just making it easy for the field worker to to show their um, supervisors what's taking place and then using artificial intelligence in the background to help bring to attention um, for supervisors information sooner to let them intervene and, and get the day's operation safely delivered. I mean, it sounds like it could revolutionise field work, which is absolutely fascinating. And I'm I'm really curious because I think you're you're an accountant by background. Is that is that right? Yeah, I, I am an accountant by background. I've had a, I guess, a bit of a winding career path. Um, I'd put it mildly. I did, you know, at university study commerce, and I took an accounting major. And you know, I came out of that and went on that well trodden path of joining a, a consulting firm in the accounting team. And look, I did that for maybe fifteen years. I think though, one thing I always did when I was in the accounting firms, I, I never saw myself on that linear path to partner. It just was not something that inspired me, although, you know, lots of people around me loved that. But for me, I, I found myself job hopping a little bit within the firm. And that's one of the wonderful things of working in a big company. 
you know, I spent some time working in the, the property team advising on, you know, big transactions related to property deals. I spent some time in the tech and media team and I learned a lot about, you know, what are the models that were being deployed as, you know, massive technology companies like your Googles of the world were growing. Um, and I did, did that for quite a long time. And this was at PwC. And PwC itself was actually one of my my clients. And interestingly, after I had my children um, and the firm itself was transforming, they asked me if I'd go into an in-house role. And that was the first time I really moved away from a, a client-facing advisory role and began to look at how you operationalize the advice I'd previously given, which, you know, that was quite a, a steep learning curve for me, much harder to get things done than to tell others how to do them. But yeah, there's been like, I guess, a, a lot of um, flexibility at my end and, and also just understanding that if I wanted um, to get to, you know, a CEO role in, in time, I'd need to be willing to take different roles and, and learn some quite different skills along the way. And was that your ambition? Did, you know, did you set out with the ambition to get to a CEO role? Um, was that, you know, was it, was it a strategic decision or was it just something that happened along the way? I think probably in my early 30s, I really began to hone in that I wanted to lead something substantial, whether that would be a business unit, whether that would be a company, but, you know, something that I could really shape, grow a wonderful team um, and, and something transformative. I guess one of the things I did learn about myself pretty early on was the, the roles that saw me in industries that weren't progressing where you did the same things on repeat. Different people like different things, but for me, I've always loved the challenge of a big transformation. So, yeah, in some ways I maybe didn't quite pinpoint that I wanted a CEO role, but I, I knew I wanted something with um, strong leadership. And, and in, in, in in taking that journey and trying on new things, you said you, you know, you, you've, um, you've got a, a family as well. How did you how did you balance taking on these new challenges and when you're yeah, that's. Um, I guess it's one of the challenging things, isn't it, that we all um, maybe don't talk about enough. I think one of the, the best pieces of advice I got the first time I was pregnant was like, make sure that the baby and the change in your life is visible. You know, so after I had my first child, um, we would actually get into the office quite a bit, see people catch up. So I think really from early on, I, I helped people try and, and see that it was still me, but there was something different. So they got to know a new me. And, you know, when I went back to work, I think that 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 really paid dividends because I was no longer, you know, running out the office at 5pm to get to childcare. It was, oh, there goes Shelly, she's um, off to get cute little Thomas, right? So right from the beginning, I, I tried to help everybody see there was a different me, but it was it was still me. Um, you know, and then I think it's just been in each period of my life, I've looked for balance in different ways. You know, when the kids were little and napping, I found ways to to make that work during nap times or when they had early nights. Um, you know, I did get quite a lot of help with childcare when I was young to, uh, when the children were young, you know, to me, that was an investment in my future. Um, You know, like people buy a house, for instance, as an investment in their future. I thought if I wanted to achieve my career goals, actually investing some money in childcare and, and letting myself work well was an investment in my career. Um, At the moment, I'm actually finding it maybe more challenging than ever to do the balance because my kids are now hitting teenage years. And they no longer go to bed at eight o'clock at night. So, you know, whereas I used to maybe log off at 5.30 and know that in two and a half hours, if there was something pressing, I'd get back to it. I'm suddenly finding them up till 9.30 at night and, you know, they're actually challenging me on my work hours. So I think if I take the lessons of the last 10, 12 years, I'm, you know, refinding what that balance is. I'm, I'm reworking with my team um, what flexibility means for me and what it means for them and, and maybe that relationship piece is um, is quite an enabler for me. I think I've always tried to be 
really transparent with my teams about the pressures that I'm facing. I've tried to understand theirs because I think if you can build strong trust in relationships with give and take, everybody tends to have each other's backs and, and you succeed together versus, you know, trying to do it all on your own and, and hide the fact that there are family pressures that mount. Yeah. I, I love your um, I love your advice about um, making the baby visible and that transition from being you to, to being you and a mum as well. I, I think that's fantastic advice because I think that does make a huge difference when people can actually see that. But also recognising that actually when you find balance, I've been through this myself with, with two children, and once you think you've got it nailed, they keep growing and then their, then their needs have changed and then you've got to find a, a new way of working and a new balance. Um, I think that's, that is probably really stage advice for people out there. It's that actually there isn't one solution. It's always no. changing and evolving. And you, you kind of, you know, we don't need to beat ourselves up that we thought this was working and it wasn't. It just keeps changing. Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, during the COVID lockdowns, for instance, like there was a lot of advice about don't beat yourself up. We're not home teachers, you know, and, and that we were all balancing a lot. And I think it was really easy during that period to, to swing into a mode of beating yourself up because maybe you snapped at the kids when you were just about to go to an important meeting. But, you know, being compassionate to yourself and knowing that there's no simple solution to balancing everything. But, you know, it's okay to have some strong career ambition, isn't it? And it's okay to know that that's a really important part of your life. Um, that's that's always been important for me and therefore trying not to beat myself up when I maybe feel like I haven't done my best parenting in any particular week. It's a, it's a journey. Yeah, 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 totally, totally agree. So you're reflecting on your... Um, on your career was there you know a sort of a pinnacle moment was there a key moment where everything shifted and fell into place or has it just been a series of trying new opportunities it's probably been a bit of both I've always been open to new opportunities but I also think there are maybe points in your career where someone just does give you some good words of advice at, at the right moment so you know when I was in um, an in-house role at PwC I kept on finding that partners from the technology and venturing practice were talking to me about assistance they needed to get things done. And a role was coming up to join that team as commercial director. I never thought that I would have had the right skill set for what they were looking for because I hadn't worked in tech. But it was interesting. Um, you know, one of my peers said to me, Shelley, they always come and ask you um, to help get things done because you're someone that can navigate and figure out a way through. And that skill set's perhaps a little bit more important than some of the technical things that are sitting on that, that job spec. I think you should go for it. So there, there is to me, I guess one of the things I've learned from that is actually having peers that understand you well, that maybe know when you'll put yourself forward when you won't. It's really important to have those people around you that will give you the little shove when you need it. And, you know, I've had that happen to me a couple of times in my career where you know, I've maybe not been quite ready to put my foot forward, even though I, I probably had all of the capability. So, yeah, a, a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that's really interesting. I think we all need those people around us, don't we? We do. Yeah, and even when I took my, my first CEO job, that was quite interesting. There was a candidate who was in the process, but probably not quite the right role for him. And, you know, one of the things that he said to me is, Shelley, you've sat on the, the board of this company for a long time. You've got the strategy in your head you know, why don't you put your foot forward and, and why don't you go for this? And, you know, that's probably, I, I suspect in 20 years I'll look back and that will be one of the most pivotal moments of my career of really backing myself to know that, that I did have the capability and ability and, and just, you know, putting yourself a little bit out there even if it feels a bit scary time to time. 
And is there any advice you give to people about that if they're, they're thinking, oh, should I, shouldn't I, decision-making tool or something you go through to say, or is it just a case of, wow, what's the worst that can happen? I think it's a bit of what's the worst that can happen. I've, I've learned that myself and generally it's not too bad, right? Like you put yourself forward and you don't get the job, but you've probably um, set yourself up for more success in the new interview or the next interview because you've learned what gets asked for a job of that next grade. Um, maybe the other thing that I've learned is, like, while I talk about um, asking my peer group, I've always treated them a little bit different to maybe friends and family. You know, friends and family have a tendency to worry about you a little bit more, to not see you maybe want to take a step forward where there is risk of failure. So, you know, always putting into perspective, um, you know, when I talk to someone, what might be their drivers in the advice that they're giving me? And therefore, how do I contextualise that advice so I make a really good decision? versus just listening to it blindly. I think that that's really, really important. I think that's excellent advice, yeah, because those that are closest to us, like you say, have got that emotional investment in us as well, haven't they? They do. So if you were, would you have done anything differently now? Hindsight's a great thing, but what might you go back and maybe tell your 20-year-old self if you were starting all over again, knowing what you know now? One of the things um, I guess that I've really learned, particularly as I came through my 30s, was that you do need to find your voice when um, you're in a group setting at work. And, and that was something that was really difficult for me in my 20s. Um, you know, I was working in a technical field. I was very, very strong technically, um, but we would have, you know, our bi-weekly training sessions. And I found it really difficult to speak up and, and share a, a piece of um, my thought or, or my opinion. And I guess what I did see happen time to time is people who I know were not as technically proficient as me, their careers were kind of going that bit faster. And, you know, I think that there is a strong piece here that, that visibility is really important. Um, and I think really what I came to learn and actually, you know, with some of the mentoring I've been doing through one is something I, I speak to younger women about. It's figure out how you can find your voice, whether it's making sure that you've got two hours before every big meeting so that you can over prepare and be ridiculously confident and you've got your three points and you know that one of them you'll be able to get in there. You know, it's things like that. But the finding finding of my voice is something I wish I'd figured out how to do sooner. Or maybe where I wish I'd had, um, you know, something like one and an ability to get a mentor that might have helped me with some some tips and tricks. Yeah, and I, I do think, and it's fantastic that you're a mentor um, with one. I think mentoring is something we should all do more of and have multiple mentors sometimes for, di for different reasons because they can just spark that thing in you and uh, help you find yourself a lot quicker. Yeah, I think it's a gift to find a mentor. And actually, I really... Um, enjoy chatting to you know some of the women in one that I have mentored because they always spark different thoughts in me about you know my own development and you know how I'm actually connecting to people that I'm looking to inspire which I take back into my business when I've had a chat with them I, I kind of sit and think did I do well where did I connect where did I didn't and and how can that help me in my own role yeah it is it's a great two-way thing isn't it and I think there's nothing more rewarding sometimes and, and then talking to somebody and seeing seeing them grow but also taking that little bit away for yourself. Yeah. So what, what are you most passionate about in, in what you're doing? Um, to me, it's growing an exceptional team um, that's bigger than myself. So, you know, working in startup land is always full of pressure. And actually, I was reading a book a few days back and it was talking about the, the typical two emotions you feel, euphoria and terror, and that you kind of oscillate between the two, but <laughs> yeah. often not much in the middle. Um, and, you know, I guess to me, the way that my business thrives is that I've got a team that lets us outperform every day of the week. If we go back to we were talking about balance, right, if one of the kids needs me at school or they're sick, 
I need a team that can absolutely perform in my absence. And the thing that I actually love most is working with everybody in the team to understand, you know, from the day they join us, I talk to them about what their career ambitions are. You know, people join a company for a period of their life, but their career is much bigger. And so I, I really like to understand where do you want your career to go and what do you want to achieve during your time with Field. Um, you know, I love then checking in with them and working with them during their time with us to see if we're helping them get to where they want to go, if they're getting opportunities that stretch them, that that building of team, um, the coaching and enabling people to do the absolute best work of their career. Um, above anything else, that really, really makes me tick. Yeah, that sounds fabulous. As soon as this advice I was given years ago, it was always recruit people who are smarter and more intelligent than you yeah you can't do anything better can you and I think the, the more senior you get in your career the more you really realize that just like find the absolute best people you can because they're the ones that are going to be a joy to work with and that are going to help you deliver exceptional outcomes yeah, yeah no ego there and so finally um fields are um uh partners with one which obviously we're absolutely delighted about um, but you're the driver behind that. Um, why one? Why, why partner with us? Um, so I only came into the utilities industry with like a, a higher level of focus 18 months ago. And I guess one of the things that I did see pretty quickly was that there were not, you know, an enormous amount of women in the, the senior positions. But what I have found in the industry as I've got involved more is that there's lots of really, really capable women that are through these companies and I guess I've, I've always been very fortunate in my career to work with great people who've seen my potential and who have, as you know, some of the stories have said, who have helped me um, grow and capture new opportunities. Um, just from a, I guess, personal perspective, I think it's really important to give back to the communities that we operate in. And ultimately, if I can work with one and just inspire even a single woman to reach a little bit higher than maybe what she would have reached if she hadn't spoken to me, that to me would be a, a wonderful outcome. Um, but, of course, I, I hope I can partner with you guys to, you know, do that at a bigger scale across the industry than what I could perhaps achieve on my own. That's fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, Shelley. Have you got any final words or anything you'd like to share before we, we end this time? No, just a, a quick thanks again for having me, Hayley. And, you know, when I came across one, I was really impressed to see this type of initiative in the industry, um, particularly because it's looking at the impact that, that we can have to really drive some change quickly. So thanks for featuring me today. Thanks. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you.